you know you are capable of more because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of your career and life, to starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is the Own Your Career, Own Your Life podcast. Are you ready? Let's go. Nearly two-thirds of U.S. employees report that they are looking for a new job. And if you're one of those people, it's important to be clear on what you're looking for. And if you're not, you'll likely be overwhelmed with all of the options that are out there. Our session today is all about creating authentic career direction so you have clarity of vision and know where you want to go. We're all going to walk away with a simple framework to help you unlock an authentic picture of your future and be able to back it up with actions that can be taken today. Hi, I'm Andy Storch. I am your host, and I'm excited to introduce amazing speaker. Christine DiDonato is an author, speaker, trainer, and career coach. Christine's book, Get There Faster, and Robust Companion Workbook are designed to help you achieve your career goals faster. And her LinkedIn learning program has over 1 million participants, and she's bringing her expertise to our summit today. Christine, welcome. Thank you for being here. Hey, Andy. I'm excited to be here with you. I'm excited to have you here. Uh, you and I have been good friends for a while, and we've had so many great chats about kind of what's going on in the career world. And I know you are busier than ever with training programs, consulting projects, coaching people here and there. And so I can't think of anybody better that has kind of a, you know, a finger on the pulse of what's going on in the working world. And so I want us to start there. Like, have you noticed more anxiety right now because people don't really know what to do or because there's so many options out there? Like, what are you observing in, in the working world now? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with the word anxiety. And, and I, I think pre-COVID, because it seems like life was pre-COVID and then now. Yeah. I think there was a growing trend even before we started a pandemic where I was hearing, I know you and I have chatted about this over the years, more and more people were starting to come to that place of work's getting crazy. You know, it just seems like pace is speeding up. Uh, organizations, you know, are continuously having to change and be more agile. Uh, but when it came to employees, I feel like a lot of people were feeling before COVID that they felt disconnected or they just weren't sure what to do. And then we have this pandemic, which forces us all to, to sort of shake everything up, work differently. And at this stage, what I'm seeing is a lot of people landing with, I want change. So they've made a decision, but they're not sure what that change is. And that's causing a lot of anxiety for people, right? What is it that I, I know I want something different, but I don't know what that is. So we're feeling like we're floating around and not really sure where to go or what to do next. It's causing a lot of grief for people. Yeah. I think when you see so many options out there, you see other people making moves, you hear yeah. about people changing jobs, leaving jobs. Um, you see about all the opportunities and things that can be done, but you don't know exactly what you want to do. And then you hear people talking about things like follow your passion and like, you know, discover your purpose and you'll never work a day in your life. When you don't know what that is, it can cause a lot of anxiety and confusion. And then you you just, you don't know what to do. And then people end up kind of staying in the same place or maybe going after something they shouldn't. Well, that Andy, that's really the the, the piece that I've been focused in on is helping individuals and, and really in their organization, helping cultures do this in a company is saying, how do we take all this energy that people have with wanting more purpose, you know, wanting to be an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur and all these great words that are out there but really figuring out at your core as a human being, 
who are you authentically? And how do we make sure people don't just make decisions to make a decision, right? Activity doesn't always equal productivity. And I think we're under this myth that if I'm busy and I'm taking pictures of things and I'm talking to people, then I must be moving in a direction. And that's just not the case. Less is more. I really feel this way with career. We've got to get focused and know what we want. So we don't make a decision for just decision's sake. And then we're unhappy again. And we just go through the same cycle. Yeah, I'm so glad we're talking about this. And you know, you and I both published books around the same time last year, uh, and and I love that because they're so complementary. I feel like I always talk to people and say like, you need to have this vision and know where you're going, but you really get into the details of showing people how to figure that out, and I think that's really important. So maybe we should get into that. Um, you know, what do people struggle with here, and how can people get more clear, more clarity on? you know, where is it they want to go or need to go? It's sort of the, the magic, you know, the big question that people yeah. always ask. And, and the, one of the things I'm really proud of, um, both my book, my company, our programs that we offer Accelerate Me, is that we spend a lot of energy breaking down real activities and real steps to do that. So if I look at a, a formula, I always love working with a framework, right? Someone tells me to go do something and say, well, give me that framework on what to do. So it makes it easier. So at the very, very highest level, I, I believe it's three pieces that we have to solve for, right? At the core, right? Who am I when no one's looking, right? What are my natural strengths? We, we say my energizers, right? What are the things that come naturally to me that if I leverage, I'll go places. Second are our values. What's most important in my life right now and in the near future. Those really identifying those elements of life that are important. And then the third piece is what do I want to be known for? And that's, that, that's where we, it's not really who we are into innately. It's just, maybe we want to be something, somebody in a certain field. We've got to define that. If you can plug those three pieces together, then you can start to say, where am I going? And I think so many people are jumping to where am I going? And the reason they can't answer that question clearly is they haven't done the work that comes before. Cause that work can be hard. We really have to think about ourselves in a, in a very honest way. Yeah, I think one of the biggest challenges um, or problems for a lot of people is that you see all this stuff going on, like I want to do something and make a move. Very rarely do people stop and just reflect, right? Take out that note, notebook, whether it's a blank one or get your journal, which helps people work through some of those questions, right? Uh, and, and really think about, okay, who am I? What do I like about my career so far? What do I not like? And what do I want to change? And what, you know, what are my values? Like you said, get clarity on those. And what do I want to be known for? What kind of work do I want to do? Yeah. And it's, um, you know, in one of those even sub points in there, and, I, and this is in one of my LinkedIn learning courses, is they talk about making this list of must-haves and trade-offs. Mm. And, you know, when I think about a lot of times when I'm doing vision work um, with individuals, uh, we can make a wish list. And most of our wish lists look fairly similar, right? I want, I want to be financially stable. I want, you know, a title, prestige, great company, great people. Like none of us want to work in a crappy place with bad people and not get paid our worth. Like really nobody wants that. But I think what, what sometimes is missing though, is the layer below is the why, what do I really want? And when, because when we get a job offer or we're applying for jobs, we are often not prepared with a trade-off. What if I get offered the money that I say I want, but the location's not right, or I don't really know if I'm going to gel with this manager, or the purpose of the company may not be there. So we have to be prepared to say, what am I willing to trade off for something that is really important to me? And that's when you're going to get your values. 
right? Is if I, if I had this, but not this, would I be okay with that? And if you can write those two lists and really, the only way to challenge that is to go through the process of looking for new opportunities, talking to people, and then you start to see, oh, wait, that didn't feel right. Or maybe I think I'm going to get everything all the time. And that's not always realistic. If we're making a change, you know, we want a, a different job or a new, a new field, a new company. There's always something you have to trade off, mm-hmm. right? And you got to get really clear about what those things are. Yeah. Uh, and when it comes down to that, like the values exercise and also thinking about where you want to go, there's so many things you want to do. And oftentimes with the values we identify with so many different things and what yeah. I've learned from you and others that have gone through this, it's, it's not that, you know, you identify with one and don't with the other. It's just that you've got to pick at the end of the day, when the rubber meets the road, which one is most important? What trade-off are you going to make so that you can get this? A classic example, I think, in building your career, and hopefully you can have it all, is that you know, if you want to be vice president or CEO one day, you might need to work a lot more hours, and therefore you might miss you know, some dinners with your family or some fun events with your friends, versus if you're like, well, no, I want to be home with, for dinner with my family every night or go out and do the, you know, have this hobby on the side, Maybe it's not as, maybe that's important and you don't, you know, set your goals so high career-wise. Now, again, hopefully you can do it all, but we got to recognize there are real trade-offs. Yeah. And Andy, I mean, again, devil's in the details with this. That's Mm -hmm. a really good example because I hear that, um, especially with those entering into the workforce, maybe recent college grads um, coming out, having big student loan debt we've been talking about for years. Um, looking for a place they're really going to add value, want to make a difference, want to to feel good about where we work, which we should all want that. I don't think it's just younger folks. But um, then finding out, well, what if you get a job that doesn't allow you the the time you want for friends or for hobbies or for travel? Um, Maybe it's not that you can't have that level job. Maybe it's in a different kind of culture. Maybe it's a nonprofit that you're working for, or maybe you're going to work for a culture that... Um, allows you that flexibility, but maybe you don't like the product they're selling. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's there's it's like there's a lot of those trade-offs as people can look at those things and say, I want the title is really important to me. Maybe you can get that title in a different environment, a smaller company or working for a larger company, whatever that is. And that's where I think people don't do any more exploration. We sort of look at things on the surface and we don't, um, in fact, sort of side note, one of the things I've been prescribing a lot this year to individuals who want more clarity is to take a step back and think of people you work with now or that you know about or have worked with that you really admire. You're like, wow, that's just someone I admire. I'm going to talk to them. I'm gonna ask for 15 minutes of their time and I'm gonna ask them about their career path and what their trade-offs were, what's important to them. And what I found in doing that in my own career is that you'll start to see people that are very alike you and very different than you. And when you meet someone and you're like, wow, this person's speaking my language, then you can, it will start to resonate. What were the trade-offs they made? I should be prepared. I might have to make similar trade-offs or this person is where they're at, but they don't value what I value at all. You know? And so that, that might be something I need to think about. And there's more than one ways to get someplace, you know, we're not all the same, but I think by talking to real people, you'll start to say, Oh, okay. I hadn't thought about that thing before. Yeah. And, and learn. I I love this idea of like making that list of people that are doing the, the job or the career that you want and having that conversation with them, asking them about how they got to where they were, what they wish they would have known, what mistakes did they make and learning as much as you can from them and then doing things your own way, right? Because you don't want to necessarily replicate that. I mean, you and I talk all the time and we're in a similar space. I think we learn from each other often and we're totally doing things our own way. We're not trying to copy each other, mimic each other. 
Um, maybe if I tried to copy you, I'd be more successful. I don't know. No, but, no, <laughs> but, but seriously, like we, I think we've learned a lot from each other and I see a lot of people that, that are doing that. Now, my question, speaking of trade-offs, what if I'm drawn to multiple things, right? They're like, you know, I did, I sat down and I did this work and there's like four different things that I really want to do careers that I want to pursue. What do I do? Yeah, that, you know, Annie, that is the question I've been asked the most in 2021, by the way, huh. which tells me that people are doing the work. We're starting to, you know, a lot of our participants are now unpacking everything and they get to what you just said. They get to this place like I've kind of figured some things out. So one of the things I've prescribed now is I tell people to draw, physically draw this paths, draw path one End destination is this new field I want to be in a new title, a new thing I want to do. And path two, and start to map out, there, there's a big question for each one. What would have to be true for me to go from A to you know, path one? Mm -hmm. Play that all the way out and then do that for path two, path three, path four. What I have found is when you do that, you might see commonalities in more than one path. And that at least gives you some things you can do now that don't pigeonhole you into one thing. So it could be, here's a skill I have to learn that would benefit me regardless. Here's some people I should talk to. So to me, it's more about the actions you take to continue to get clarity for any of these paths. And then at the end of that, through that process of gaining clarity, one or two paths might become more sort of, they may win over the other ones. You yeah. may feel a more energy. And if not, go down one. If you don't like it, you can always go down a different one. That's sort of the beauty of, of, of all of the opportunities we have now. You're, you don't have to do one thing. You mm. could do more than one thing. Yeah. And as, as you said, some of those uh, career paths you want to pursue might have commonalities. There may be Absolutely. a foundational thing learning you can do to set you up and it gives you more time to kind of decide, okay, what is it that I want to do? Um, so you, let's say we kind of, I kind of figure out a direction or pick a direction. Yeah. Um, what's the first step? What's the next step we take to, to get ourselves on the right path? So as long as once you have what I call the North Star, you have some mm -hmm. idea of this combination of here's who I am, here's what's important to me, here's what I want to be known for. I tell people to think three years out. I think this is a very realistic way at looking at career vision and direction and say, okay, if these are the things I'm interested in or exploring or I have a path, what does success look like three years from now? And so a really fun way to do that uh, is to think, picture your LinkedIn profile three years from today. What do you want your headline to be? And then what would back it up? What are the things you think you would have achieved in the next three years, the skills that you would have, the people that you would know? That's your action plan. Once you think three years out, you can back into, okay, well then what do I do now? What's, okay, is it a class I have to take? Is it a person I need to network with? You can actually map out steps to get you there. It's, it's not as complicated as people think. It just takes a moment, like you said earlier, to stop and think about it, just like we do our to-do list. Yeah, You know, I have a notepad. I just got to write it out. Right. Yeah. Write that down and, and start taking steps towards that. And I like that, that idea of thinking about your, your career three years from now, your LinkedIn profile. What do you want it to say three years from now? Even what certifications do you want to have on there or classes do you want to take or people do you want to know or be connected with? Uh, I've done some of that and it, it's really helpful. And related to that in your book, uh, you discuss the power of targeted visualization yeah. um, when it comes to your career success. So can you give another example of that? Can we practice that now? Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, it's kind of long. So if I can do a full one, but I can, okay. I can walk you guys through the method. Um, okay. 
And I have one of these listed in the book that you could actually do in full. It takes several minutes, about at least five to seven to think about okay. it. So there's two levels of visualization I think are important in career design. The first one is, is really fun for some of us and other people hate this because it's too ambiguous for them, people who want to plan. But I, I tell people to, to get really grounded, close your eyes and think about, I want you to wake up in the future, not even at any specific date, just wake up into the future and you're about to live your ideal work day. Mm. And you start out by thinking about the very moment that you're waking up and where you are, what the room looks like, how you feel. And you're going to carry that all the way through breakfast and how you prepare for this ideal work day. And the next stage in this visualization would be to think about where you're going to work. What is your actual workspace? Are you home? Are you, are you elsewhere? And you could follow this whole thing. Again, it's in the book, the longer version, mm. all the way through what you're working on. What are the problems you're solving? The people you're talking to. When you engage in a visualization, a longer one of these, what you're going to find is themes will pop up in your head where you have a gut feeling. It just feels good. So that's one form of visualization is ideal state. No holds barred, no rules, no time period. You can extract themes from, from there. That will tell you your values. The second part of the visualization is more what I call the Michael Jordan method, which is right when he and other famous athletes play a game, they don't just visualize I'm going to win. Like I'm going to win, I'm going to win. They don't make a vision board that says win, 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 win. They visualize the plays they're going to make, the baskets they're going to shoot, the defense, the offense. They visualize how they're going to win that game. That's just like our career. We have to visualize if we get that three-year three marker of what success looks like, let's visualize the things that we're going to do to get us there. The, if, if it's, I want to write a book, I hear this a lot. I, Christine, I want to write a book. I want to, I want to be a speaker. I was like, awesome. You know, how do I do it? And it, there's a lot of skills to build and people to know. But also you have to feel that you're going to do it, right? You have to picture yourself on that stage. Picture what you're going to say to people. Talk it out in the mirror. That's visualizing the play to win the game. And I think visualization is something that we don't do because it's not practical. Yeah. It seems like, oh, I want to picture myself winning. <laughs> what does that right. mean? So I think you can do it in a targeted way. And I, I list them in the book, a few ways to do that. And I do believe that opens our mind up to clarity. I like that. Yeah, a lot of famous athletes uh, attribute visualization to their success. Muhammad Ali famously okay. used visualization all the time. You would visualize every single thing that could happen in an upcoming fight. And we can do that in our careers. Most people don't use it, but you could use it for an upcoming meeting or an interview, right? Or thinking farther out, like what, you know, what do I want my career to look like? What do I want my life to look like in 10 years? I mean, I woke up in a floating house on Mars. I don't know about you, but like, <laughs> I was taking it out there. I did not. No? <laughs> I love it, Andy. I love you went big. Really going, big. Going big. I want to make enough money. So Elon Musk puts me on a SpaceX uh, flight to Mars one day. Um, okay. So we've got this vision and, and we're designing this career we want. And for some people, it's completely different from what they're doing now, or, you know, yeah. might be in a different company. They might want to change careers, but I want to focus on the people who are in a company that they like, and yeah. they just want to move up. They want to make some changes. They have this vision for where they want to go in their career. And, and they maybe like what they're doing now, but they don't want to do that forever. Right. And I would say, one of the most common questions I've been getting in 2021, so I know you've been hearing this as well, is how do I have this conversation with my manager 
so that, um, you know, I get where I want to go. I don't hear from my manager on career conversations. We haven't set a career conversation in a while. Um, and I know that you, you've coached a lot of people on this. So how do we make this happen? Yeah, so th this is, there's no one answer to this because one thing I, I want to answer it responsibly is that the first thing is what is your relationship with your manager, right? Mm. Because we know we have some managers who you can be more vulnerable with and others, maybe you can't, right? So I, I definitely don't tell people just go in and say, you know, open kimono here. I want to be in a different department. How do you help right. me get there? That may not work <laughs> for a lot of people. Right. So this is where I advise being very strategic. So first, sort of get a sense of how vulnerable you, you feel comfortable with and sharing with your manager. For the average person, average manager relationship, I'd say you want to share something, but you don't have to share everything. Like, I don't like it here. or I want to, <laughs> no, You don't have to share that. Right. But if you know in your head the what, you've defined the general direction you want to go, if you back it up into those steps around what is it I want to learn, what do I need to gain, and then how can my manager help me get there, that's a good starting point to at least share with your manager some aha moment you've had. For example, um, you know, I've been doing some work thinking about my future and what I've learned is I'm really strong or get a lot of energy when I do these types of activities. In this job that I'm in right now, here are the things I do I feel come really easy for me and I would like to do more of that. That's an ask of your manager, right? Or it could be, I wanna build these other skills even though they may benefit you for something else, can you articulate how they'll even benefit the job you're in now, even if right. you don't care? Right. That's a really good starting place. Have your manager support your development, even if your development is elsewhere, you don't need to share that right away. The other thing is if you want to grow in the department, you can simply say, hey, I see myself in your job someday. I see myself leading right. a team. I would love to start working with you on what are the things I would need to do and know and, and demonstrate that would help me be seen as someone who could be in a job like that. Not how do you promote me? Right. That doesn't work for a lot of managers. What's your but, job? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you can share your ambition, but I think we got to let our managers off the hook a little bit and not look at them as a human career ladder. They may not be the person to totally help you all the way, but if you share with them your objective and say, I would love your insight and your help and helping me become be seen as high potential. Mm -hmm. I, when those jobs open, I want to be someone who's in the running. What are the things I need to do and say, and et cetera, that would help me be seen that way? Yeah. And then Andy, you know, I'm going to drop the blind spots term here. The biggest thing holding many of us back are what we don't know about mm. ourselves. So asking your manager, can you think of any examples of when I've demonstrated things that would help me be seen as high potential? And can you think of any opportunities I have that if I were to do some course correction or behavior correction, I would be seen as even more high potential, easy, non-threatening way to get feedback. Right. Yeah. And I've thought about that a lot. You, you really help a lot of people with that because we, if we want to move up, whether it's the promotion or getting different uh, jobs and getting that um, advice and support from a manager, we probably need to get some feedback from yeah. them. Uh, and a lot of times they may not be like, just willingly offering it until you ask and yeah. frame it in, in a specific way. Like you said to, Hey, I want to get better at X. Um, and here are the skills that I'm working on. What have you observed that I do well and what could I really improve? Yeah. And I find that most managers, and you know, this, cause you've been in leadership development space a long time. You work with yeah. a lot of clients. Most man, most people are not good at giving feedback, right? Right. We teach sessions on this, right? It's not in our DNA. Gallup tells us only one in 10 managers have the management gene. So nine of us out of 10 have to practice 
hmm. using practical you know models to do feedback. Um, most managers are not good at giving feedback. They're also really busy. So when they think of something, they may not articulate it to you. So we have to ask. And when we ask managers a too broad of a question, they don't know how to answer it. So I know my course, we have a tool, an online anonymous tool we use in the course. It helps people get feedback without having to ask verbally for it. Mm -hmm. But you can also, I, I like how you said it, you know, here's my goal manager. And then if you, the more micro question you ask, the better feedback you're going to get. So if I say, I, I took a I took an assessment or I observed in a meeting that when I uh, joined the meeting and asked questions, people all look the other way. Is there a way I'm asking questions mm. that, you know, that's something easy for a manager to do. Like, well, actually, yeah, on Friday's meeting, I did notice that you might want to yeah. try this. Oh, thanks. Problem solved. Like yeah. Really easy conversation. The other thing that I learned from you um, when we talk all the time about this stuff was that a, a lot of managers, like you said, they don't know how to give feedback. Um, they're not really coaching employees because they don't know what their employees want. And until you come and specifically say, hey, manager, like, hey, I think we're doing great work together. I'd like to work my way towards this in my career. Can you help me? Then all of a sudden they like they have a target to work on. They have something specific yeah. to help you with. Yeah, that's such a good point, Andy. We got to help them a little bit. I mean, we're all human and most managers are not born leaders. So it's our career, right? That's why I like your term, own your career. Yeah. It is our career. And one of the ways to own it is to not assume anyone knows anything <laughs> that, you know, you've got to basically take right. it away. Stop yourself. waiting. Get it. Yeah. Stop waiting for them to come to us. That's you the whole idea wait. behind my book and this summit. Like you got to own it, take initiative, go in there and have that conversation. And, and yeah. I think most of the time your manager is going to be supportive, but there are some that are, you know, maybe not going to be so supportive. And then maybe it's, it's time to look at other things. Um, yeah, Andy, one, one thing I just real quick, uh, that yeah. it's, so, it's so interesting, you know, when I designed the Accelerate Me program, um, this was almost 10 years ago, we, we started this, it was for early career people. I mean, that's what it was. We said this is, and so now fast forward to the present time, what organizations are seeing is all levels of staff are struggling. So that means our managers are struggling with the same career questions we're struggling with. And as we've been rolling, we have thousands of people through our program now, we more, more, I would say it's happening more now than before, where the manager of our participant will then say, hey, they'll start to go and use the assessments for themselves. So when you go to your manager and go, hey, I had this, I did this vision activity, yeah. they're learning from you. And so they're right. saying, I want to do that. Activity. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're real people with real careers yeah. too. Like your manager is a real person right. who also wants to have a successful career. Right. And so exactly. we're interested in this stuff. Um, Christine, we got to wrap this up. Uh, where can people go to find out more information about, you know, what you do and the course that you have LinkedIn learning, all that stuff. And then, uh, what's one more thing that people should be thinking about in terms of how to own their career or get there faster? What's the next thing, you know, something they can do right now to set themselves Ooh, up for so much. So, um, I think LinkedIn is a great place to connect with me. That's where, uh, I'm probably most active as you know, Andy, social media and I are, uh, <laughs> not that close, but LinkedIn, I am active. Um, as well as our website, careerrev.com. We've got a new site with a lot of free resources. So careerrevolution.com, either way. Um, I think my last tip for people is we've got to take, take the pressure off of having to have a fully baked 10-year plan. If you're feeling anxiety because things are changing fast, um, it's okay. That's normal because we are so dynamic. Most of us will not have one calling. We will not all have one purpose. So I say, follow your curiosity 
and just do so in a diligent way. And then take the pressure off yourself. Every new conversation, every podcast you listen to, every book you read is going to help you expand your mind. And that is, that's what it's all about. The journey. It doesn't have to be one destination. hundred percent. I agree. It's all about the journey. No pressure. Like we're going to try things. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to get stuff wrong or right or whatever. We'll keep on going. And I think the term, the, the phrase, follow your curiosity is like my mantra for this whole summit, other than own your career. It's come up a lot because we're fighting against that pressure that you need to find your passion and rather just think of it as more as I'm, I'm discovering different things. I'm trying different things and, and seeing where it goes. Uh, well, Christine, this has been great. We've, we've covered a lot of ground. We, we talked about what's going on in the working world, what's causing so much anxiety. Uh, we talked about your framework for discovering your purpose and, and the work that you that you want to be doing, um, learn, you know, figuring out who you are, connecting with your values, um, the work you want to do, and what do you want to be known for. We talked about the must-haves versus trade-offs. Um, we talked about the work you've been doing with new college grads. Um, we talked about getting more clarity and, and how to do that with the career that you want to have um, and what to do if you have more things than one, right? Like you're interested in a lot of different things, um, asking what success looks like three years out and, and kind of picturing that LinkedIn headline. And then we got into the visualization exercise that you talked about to really think about your life and your career down the line. Um, and then uh, we got into initiating conversations with your manager to how to help you take you uh, where you want to go in your career and your company. Uh, and you talked about taking the pressure off to, you know, just follow your curiosity and, and try different things. So hope you put some of this stuff into practice, go do a visualization exercise uh, and figure out where it is you want to go in your career and, and start setting some goals and, and taking action towards that. I'm Andy Storch. We'll see you later.